0: It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Thursday, January 25th, with your hosts, me, Ray, and, well, the good-looking guy, Zach, desperate to come up with show topic titles. Oh, I wasn't supposed to mention that? I'm sorry. Um, We're overflowing with ideas here, folks. (laughs) I think somebody's mad at me.
1: Yeah, it's just like, you know, I don't know, man. All right, here you go. Go for it. Give me a sec. I'll be right back. I'm good.
0: You good? I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what's the news of the day? Nearly 5,000 dealerships send a second letter urging President Biden to hit the brakes on EVs. Are those regenerative brakes or just just regular brakes?
1: Yep, there you go. So we've got uh, Car Dealers Nationwide writing a second letter Dad. dealerships are overflowing with electric vehicle inventory. That's what's interesting when you start to look at Cox Automotive data. You actually see electric vehicle days' supply of inventory is higher than internal combustion engine vehicle supply. So you've got a a dynamic here of dealers who do not want to see this electric push because they say consumers are not interested in them. And then at the same time, you have an economic incentive here. Vehicles sitting around on dealer lots means they're not making money. We see this all the time, Dad, with uh, Mustang Mach-E inventories, uh, Volkswagen ID. fours, Day supplies are through the roof. Are you surprised that dealer groups and dealerships are lobbying the federal government to say, hey, slow down on your EPA proposal for how quickly you need to go to electric
0: vehicles? Um, I th- I believe, in my heart of hearts, that uh, the government thinking way back when was uh, uh, overly aggressive. Um, it is it is one thing to pick arbitrary dates, but whether or not you actually have anything in in position to be able to hit those dates is What's relevant, and the truth of the matter is that, except for states like perhaps Florida, New York, uh, California, there really isn't as much charging infrastructure around as we would like. Or let me rephrase it as the industry would like. So that there are any number of people who have suggested that they could or would consider an EV. But they're fearful of it because they want to see the infrastructure build out before they commit to something like that. What do you make of dealers doing the lobbying, though? I mean, this is them
1: all kind of creating a unified front and saying this is the second letter that's been written to the federal government. There was a first initial letter about a month ago. 4,000 dealers said, hey, stop. We do not want to see the federal government push electric vehicles onto our customers. Now, this is the second letter. Nearly 5,000 dealers saying the same exact thing. You're overly ambitious with the push to electrification. We're not ready for it. Our customers are not ready for it. I find that there's obviously an economic piece of this. There's a reason they're doing it. Outside of political stance, there's a reason they're doing it, an economic one, which is EV sales are not happening as quickly. The growth has started to slow down a little bit. EVs are still growing in adoption way faster than any other segment of vehicle. But, you know, when, and it's like in anything, Dad, when you go from zero to one, you can do that faster than you go from 100 to 150. Like just as the scale gets bigger, it's harder to grow as quickly. But still, I find it interesting that these dealers are really advocating and pushing.
0: I would think think this would be the perfect time, the perfect time for um, the president to get together with the dealers and to get together with the FTC and make a deal. And here's the deal okay, we'll delay electrification for a little bit. We'll push back, say, from, I don't know, 2030 to 2035, or maybe even 2040, assuming, of course, that you agree to the new cars regulations from the FTC, and you clean up your act, and you clean up how it is that you sell cars in this country. And if you're not willing to do that, well, then guess what? Your ass is in that sling that says you got to figure out how you're going to sell all those EVs that nobody wants. Um. And, and I think this could be the perfect time for that conversation. You know, it's th- there is nothing about politics if it isn't, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, okay? Dealers want something. They desperately want something. They want to delay electrification as long as they can because, a, their customers aren't clamoring for it like everybody thought they would. B, the infrastructure isn't there. Uh, C, wintertime publicity is is as negative as it can possibly be with some of the charging issues in the colder areas. Perfect time. Perfect time to say you you want to delay it, we'll delay it. You have to implement cars regulations by July 30th. You have to, you have to um, Rescind your your lawsuit, asking uh, for a delay in the Fifth Circuit Court in Texas, and just agree that you're going to to change fundamentally how you sell cars. And if they're in on that, if the dealers are in on that, which they won't be, uh, but if they were, if they could see that as a fair trade off, then everybody would be better served. The buying public would be better served. The dealers would be better served. The manufacturers who are taking it in the shorts on every one of these EVs that they're building would be better served. So it's, it's the perfect time. Somebody step up. They need me to go in there and say hello. Hello. Let's go. Let's try and all get on the same page here.
1: So we'll trade EV push for uh, FTC cars rules that protect consumers. I think it's a novel suggestion. I do want to just pull up the the EPA push. The proposal, I'll read it verbatim. At issue is the EPA's proposed vehicle emission standards for 2027 to 2032 model year cars and light trucks. If finalized, the proposal could push battery electric vehicles to 60% of new vehicle sales by 2030 model year and 67% by 2032, according to the agency's. Projections, and again, just to, to to demonstrate this once more, the latest Cox Automotive data on market day supply shows electric vehicle inventory remains well above the industry average at 114 days supply. So the storyline here of dealers for the second time, co, you know, forming a coalition to advocate for the slowdown of the EPA's proposed rules. Again, regardless of how you think about electric vehicles from a political standpoint. Um, uh 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 uh, what's the word climate standpoint all those things throw them out the window technology standpoint it's going to cost dealers money to sell electric vehicles because these cars are sitting for longer and all the upgrades to their facilities so no wonder they're pushing back on this
0: well if if i was a dealer and and my ev inventory was sitting well then, you know why? Why would I want to move ahead with uh, with capital expenditures um, for the infrastructure that's required to sell even uh, more EVs that nobody's clamoring for at the time? You know, I I I think those those are some really interesting numbers that the EPA proposals are. You know, what was it, sixty percent by twenty thirty and sixty? Get that. That's not happening. Okay. It's not going to happen. The public is not clamoring for EVs um, uh, in, in in the manner in which you would need to be able to hit those kind of numbers. Yes, EV sales have grown year over year over year over year. They are growing at a slightly slower rate than they have in the past. Okay, Manufacturers keep coming out with new models. New models keep sitting evidenced by that day supply um it's 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 pretty apparent that 924 percent of people who bought cars last year didn't buy EVs okay maybe didn't even consider an EV maybe would never consider an EV but to 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 suddenly suggest Um, that, well, whether you want an EV or not, you're going to have to have one in the future and, and that future is four and a half years away. No, that's a, it's, we're, we're a long way from that. And, and it's, and I get why the dealers don't want it because they, they see that the public isn't, is, isn't quite as enamored with it as people thought they would be. Um. And I and I understand how government comes up with mandates at times that are unrealistic. Typically, anytime the government comes up with some type of mandate, it's unrealistic. Um, you know, when it came to emission standards for vehicles or um, or gas mileage standards, how many manufacturers got caught cheating the test so that they they could qualify and reach the standards, that were mandated that were well without cheating the test were impossible to accomplish
1: we just had one um at the end of last year which truck maker was it it was a commercial truck company um
0: i oh, forget yeah.
1: but there was one that literally at the end of last year it was a two billion dollars cummins, cummins cummins yeah.
0: diesel yeah two billion dollars yeah because they've been cheating the test forever now because the, the, the Even that happened
1: with Toyota. Remember that was the big yes. Toyota news uh, with Daihatsu. They were cheating on the. the yes, yeah. it's
0: been going on for years because of government mandated proposals um, that are not obtainable. Okay, it it was it would have been like me at thirteen when I was five foot two, saying, "Well, you know, by the time I'm sixteen, I need to be five and by the time I'm 19, I need to be six foot. Well, I never got the five seven. You know, it's some of this stuff is just a dream. You know, it's it's it, it's it's a fever dream that the government suddenly has. Um, yes, you can push for improvements. You can push for innovation. You can't necessarily mandate it. Okay, if if the people aren't willing to accept it, that's the wrong mandate. So, you know, I I'll go back to what I said before. It is the perfect time to to sit the dealership group down with the FTC group. And see how and the EPA and see how they can work all this out to everybody, so everybody can go home a little bit happy, not a hundred percent happy, you know, but everybody can get something. Let's look at a few examples um in Miami, Florida,
1: of uh, market day supply right now. So inventory levels, because again, I'm I'm tying this back to if inventory wasn't if inventory wasn't high right now, yes, if these were selling off the shelves. There'd be no pushback on this because it'd be making these dealers money when it's costing them money. That's where the contention comes from. So, again, we're in Miami, Florida. Let's look at a few. I've got quite a few queued up. 2023 Mercedes Benz EQS, the base one, $135,000 to each their own. I do not find this attractive, but to each their own. 131 days supply. This is Miami, Florida, 128 for sale, 44 have sold in the last 45 days. What about maybe the EQS? suv again to each their own not my cup of tea yeah we've got 131 days supply 120 and 44 there you go so very similar then dad what if we went over to like a hyundai ionic 6 remember when this came out yes this was like the hot new ev it kind of looks like a porsche 911 from behind in some odd way Fifty thousand dollar msrp which is absolutely nuts And there are 17 for sale and one has sold in the last 45 days in Miami, Florida, leading to a 765 days supply. Wowza, that's quite high. What about the Ionic 5? These are expensive as well. $56,000 for a Hyundai. Seems like an awful lot. 326 days supply, 58 for sale, eight have sold. In the last 45 days, maybe a BMW i7 is more your cup of tea, $150,000 electrified BMW. Wow. That's expensive, man. That's got a 70 day supply So 67 for sale. 43 have
0: sold in the last 45 days. You know what this shows? um, That at least in Miami, Florida, um, that the EVs that are going to sell, even though they're selling slowly, are the, are the really expensive ones. So, Maybe that's driven by the drug uh, drug cartels. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and that and that the buyers from those cartels, they're the ones that can afford the Ionic 5 and the Ionic 6, um, but they ain't buying it because uh, it's really, even that's not quite affordable enough. It's interesting.
1: This is just one market. This is Miami, yes. which is definitely not representative of everywhere. Well, well in do, the, uh, do me States. a favor.
0: Do me a favor yeah. since you like to do things, live on the show do yeah. omaha nebraska all right i me mean that's second. that's that's the heart of the midwest it gets uh, pretty flipping chilly there in the winter and uh, uh, chilly might be an understatement um just curious as to how EV. you know how many evs has warren buffett bought uh i'm sure he's trying to sell a few through his berkshire hathaway dealership group but how many has he personally bought? My guess is zero, but just a guess.
1: So here we go, Dad. I'm on the car search. I entered an Omaha, Nebraska zip code. Okay. So that's the 68007 electric new. That's all we're looking at. First one is a Hyundai Kona. We've got an Ionic 6. Let's compare the Ionic 6. Let me open okay,
0: up Okay, yeah. Let's compare the Ionic 6 with how well they're selling in Miami and how well they're selling in Omaha.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, I, my. You can't see it, but I'm going
0: to show you. You ready? Yeah. Oh, okay. So how <laughs> they do, How they doing in Omaha?
1: For the folks on the podcast, there's a 932-day supply of Hyundai Ionic 6s in Omaha, Nebraska. 145 of them for sale. Seven have sold in the last 45 days that compares to Miami where there was a 765 day supply 17 for sale and one had sold in the last 45 days this is live we don't we don't premeditate any of this that is wild let's look at a few more
0: yeah i'm i'm pretty sure that the uh, the, the the all the dealers in that area signed onto that letter um, all right <laughs> yeah
1: do you want to look at an ionic 5 instead of the ionic 6 sure
0: and th- then we can nice. look at some of the Mercedes Benzes.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. So we've got the Hyundai Ionic 5, this is the SEL trim. It's loading a 390-day supply. Wow, this is eye-opening. This is yes. eye-opening to do life. This is wild. 399 for sale, 46 have sold in the last 45 days of Hyundai Ionic 5s. Yeah. In Omaha, Nebraska. Huge market.
0: Huge, 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 huge oh my market gosh. for EVs. Do you want Dad? Oh, well, Solteras don't sell. Solteras anyway. don't sell. We all know yeah. this, but
1: let's at least mm-hmm. look, because this will maybe give us a chuckle. Oh, only 113 days supply. That's actually yeah, that's because way there's only five. <laughs> five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there are only five. Yeah. All right, we're back here. Let's keep looking. We've got ID4s audi q4 the q8 e-tron just tell me when and i'll click on one
0: Um uh, click on a q8 uh, a Q, yeah an e-tron
1: okay let me not do an sq yeah here we go 171 day supply 80 for sale 21 have sold let's do a mercedes let's find a mercedes okay. real
0: quick.
1: yeah so i could search for it but let's see
0: so i don't know if there's there's very limited market for them in Miami, where the weather is is relatively good for EVs. There's no market in Omaha, where the weather is miserable, and people aren't buying them. You know, yeah. I mean, I understand. Why don't why don't why don't we get with the dealers that signed that letter? And with the EPA and the FTC and the president and share our data with them and say, you know, I'm, I'm not suggesting you should always listen to dealers. But this might be one of the cases where you do, um, yeah. where, where you look at at what it is you're trying to push and realize that that you might be pushing it, but nobody's buying it. Um. It, you know, it's like a drug dealer selling drugs nobody wants. Um, what is it with you and drug dealers today, man? I, I don't know. We were in Miami. Why <laughs> can I tell you? <laughs> it you know it. It so it it just it's it's like it, it it's like the federal government needs to wake up and the dealership. How do, you, how do we reconcile it though? Because Alan's got a good point.
1: Yeah, the best-selling car in the world is the Tesla Model Y. How do we That's reconcile the
0: world? It? That's the world. That's mm-hmm. not. Okay, everybody keeps saying it's the best-selling car in the world. Okay, we're talking about the United States here. So is it a popular car in the United States? Yes, it's a popular car in the United States. Is it the most? I don't know if it's the most popular car in the United States. It sells, okay? Tesla took it in the shorts in the fourth quarter. Um, Profits are down. Sales yeah, are we don't have sloppy. to make it a Tesla,
1: we don't have to make it a Tesla stream. I just no, mean it's interesting you... because you have you have dealers pushing which we just demonstrated live. They're pushing back because they can't sell these things as quickly yes. as they want to and they're paying money every day. The 932-day supply of Hyundai Ioniq 6s in Omaha, Nebraska means that bank accounts are going down, not up for car dealers. That's why they're pushing back. And then it's tough to reconcile with, but there is mass adoption of electric vehicles going on. To, through non-dealers, through Tesla, which is super interesting to, to think.
0: Yes, about. but it's you know it's even Tesla can't can't keep up with the um, they 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 haven't been able to push the pace to 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 keep up with what the government would like to see. So yeah, I you know the world's a big place. That's a much bigger market than the United States. Um So yeah i I mean, I get it. yeah, Tesla models sell. i I get that. but you know if if EVs represent seven point six percent of all vehicles sold, I don't know that like I said, that leaves ninety two point four percent that well, aren't EVs. It's still the the overwhelming vast majority of the buying public is not Buying EVs, at least not at this point. And again, and how much will that change by twenty thirty? Will it really be that sixty percent of the buying public is buying EVs? My guess is no. That's just my guess.
1: Again, I want to, I want to tie this back to the headline from the day, which is nearly five thousand dealerships send a second letter urging uh, President Biden to hit the brakes on EV push. The dealerships say customers are not ready for the switch, um, to battery electric vehicles. So that's what we were leading off with today, trying to tie it back to some data that we can actually reference, which is obviously how we ended up in Omaha, Nebraska, looking at Hyundai Ionic 5s and 6s that have you know hundreds of days supply, which is not tenable for long-term success. I want to tie it into another thing here, Dad, which is Used electric vehicle prices are also way more volatile Mm -hmm. than other vehicles. Here's the latest uh, Mannheim market update broken down by segment of vehicle. Um, Declines for electric vehicles year over year at the wholesale auctions were nearly 20% in value versus uh, SUVs were 9.7, pickups were 10.3, sedans were 11.7, or the overall index, which is down 10%. So electric vehicles were depreciated as far as Mannheim's data concerned at the wholesale auctions twice as fast, twice as, you know, twice as great, I guess I should say, in terms of magnitude as other vehicles, which I think is another storyline here, which is like dealers don't know how to price electric, used electric vehicles and are losing money there as well. No wonder there's I, pushback from
0: from the industry. I would think if I was a dealer, I'd be I'd be scared to death to trade one. I mean, what's the right amount of money to appraise it for? How long is it going to take you to sell it as a used vehicle? I, I, you know, most dealerships don't have enough experience with used EVs to be able to accurately appraise them. Um, And one of the other reasons that they dropped as much as they did is because original msrps have come down dramatically on on some evs not most but on some on teslas in particular um Definitely. which which has had a negative impact for the wholesale value of the pre-owned ones um and let's let's face it the early adopters they they paid a premium they you know, they were in on this. They they were excited about the technology. They wanted to help save the world and the climate and everything else. And this is the way to do it. Da, 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 da. So they so a lot of those people overspent to be an early adopter to show that there's something here, um, that 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 there's a there there when it comes to EVs. And and so those people in particular have lost the most. For them, it wasn't a question of how it was going to retain its value. It was how is it going to impact climate control moving forward?
1: Well, broad generalization, but yes, yes, I think the early adopters were probably motivated yeah. less by what's the financial impact of purchasing this vehicle and more by other factors, whether yes. it be the climate, the political the, yes. the tax aspect, like whatever it is, those are the factors that drove those decisions. And now that we're transitioning into more mass market appeal, those are less of the drivers and more more cons- drivers. I mean, like drivers for action, not, not physical yes, drivers yeah. driving the car. Um, more people at a mass market level are going to be concerned about price point. They're going to be concerned about the things they hear in the news about reliability and whatnot. So I think those are things that are now driving, again, the actual, not physically driving, but like moving the market. Those are what's driving decision-making for a lot of people right now. And again, back to the reason why you see an incumbent piece of infrastructure in the United States, not the world, but the United States car dealers, pushing back pretty significantly because it's not profitable for them yet. And I, am, I don't understand that for the automakers. Yes. It's not really that profitable yet. Or is it's not profitable at all. Like there, I, This transition period is really tricky. I think for a lot of the existing businesses, because they're trying to make enough money to fund it with other stuff while losing money. It's, it's like, I I don't envy them. I think it's a very challenging position to be in.
0: Ford projected when they cut back on what they expected EV sales to be in 2023, they, they projected that their electric vehicle division would, would lose Originally, they had projected it would lose three billion dollars for the year. When they cut back um, the amount of sales they anticipated, that number rose to four point five billion. Um, that you know now that is more than made up for by the amount of profit that they're making um, through commercial sales, through their pro division, and through their ice divisions. You know, because they still ended up making, I don't know, 14 billion dollars or something like that. So so even after a four and a half billion dollar loss on the EV side of things, they're still making money. Um, yeah. but they're not making money on the EV side of things. And 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 let's face it, Tesla didn't make money initially either. Um, yeah. you know, it's the new technology, it's the, the new investments, it's you know, it's capital intensive, um, and and there's gonna be losses. Uh, until you finally reach that break-even point. But if the public isn't buying at the level that you anticipated so that you could reach that break-even point, well, then that break-even point's further out than what you had originally thought. They, You know, they could be losing billions upon billions of dollars for the foreseeable future. And I know um you know that fortune oh well you know our ev division is going to be profitable by 2025 well you know that that's about that is about as likely a scenario as as the epa position that 60% of all vehicles sold in 2030 will be evs some of this is not just tethered in reality It's also
1: as likely as ford being uh you know not number one in terms of recalls i think there's yeah it's just like some things we know are going to happen and and some of these aspirations are exactly that they're aspirations not not grounded in reality let's jump to the chat here dan for a minute um thank you for the contribution hoskin matthew hoskin um car edge has no extended warranty options for my 2020 land rover discovery td6 i'm proud of myself because i i was able to read that uh yeah, yeah No car edge warranty option on Land Rover products. I think that speaks for itself, it means they're really expensive to own. So sorry about that, <laughs> Matthew. We do not have a Car Edge extended warranty for Land Rover products. We do for pretty much everything else. We are running the promotion between now and the end of the month to get a discount on that. Please go check it out. From Chris K. Thank you, Chris, for the contribution. And Matthew, again, sorry, we can't help. Chris says, thanks again, Rain for the insights leading to a great deal on a new Subaru Forester. Car Edge helped so. Much that's got to make you feel good, pops.
0: It does indeed, and uh, you know, and Subarus on the upswing again. Um, popular vehicle, low day supply, um, finding their their feet again, their footing, and and, um, and even though they have a low day supply, and still being able to increase production, and they've got three hot vehicles. They really do. Yeah, congrats, Chris. Job yes. well
1: done. Thanks for sharing that with us. And then, Dad, we got a double whammy here from Chad, so I'll give you a quick second to acknowledge that.
0: Thank thank you, Chad, as I work on my glutes again today, yeah.
1: (laughs) Beautiful. And then Chad says here, thank you for the contribution, Chad. Chad says, this round of EVs has taken me from anti-electric vehicle to excited about electric vehicles. I have high hopes that within my lifetime, I see the technological and infrastructure advances to make them a realistic option i think that's a fairly pragmatic and and you know obviously you're entitled to your opinion but that's a pragmatic statement right there in my opinion that,
0: that is and but but a i don't know how older young chad is and when he says you know i have high hopes that within my lifetime you know what does that mean to you within your lifetime does that mean within the next five years does that mean within the next 10 years or are we talking 15 years because there's a big difference if If you're anticipating um greatness from this, if it's fifteen years from now, then say if it's five years from now,
1: definitely. I think that's a lot of what led to today's show was these dealers are saying we have too much too much inventory, it's twenty twenty four we have too much inventory. You think things are going to change more quickly in six years than we do. We're going to fight you on that
0: well it, if, if it, the
1: rule if the rule had been by 2050, do you think we'd be talking about this no?
0: Oh heck that's no! Really no, nope, nobody. No, nope, uh, Chad said in twenty years, and I agree with yeah. In twenty years, I think that's a realistic number. In twenty years, to say that we have everything in place for EVs to be um, technologically advanced, the ability to be able to uh, fuel them up, to charge them up, um, but to say that that's going to happen in the next five and a half years, I don't. I yeah, I, I I think I think we need to look at a longer time frame, a, a more realistic time frame, in order to get to the goals that governments may have uh, set. Um, just you know, uh, who knows? I, I I mean, certainly we're talking about trying to predict the future. How I I can't even remember what the hell I did yesterday. Um, I worked on my glutes yesterday. Um, and, you know, but you can you can extrapolate using some of the data that we have available that what the government has suggested they'd like to see happen and what will actually happen aren't even close in nature. Well, yeah, uh, that's exactly, I think, the point. The
1: inventory side of this is what is the story, is the real story, is what's happening to inventory on the ground today. Go to Omaha, Nebraska, and it's not looking pretty in terms of how quickly electric vehicles are selling. Taker, thank you for the contribution. Thank Taker you. says my local Hyundai dealer is offering eleven thousand to fifteen thousand dollars off their entire inventory of Ionic fives and sixes. Local Kia dealer has fifty-three EV sixes within uh, with minimum five thousand dollars off. That is insanity because it was only a year ago, eighteen months ago, where people were paying over sticker price for yes. Hyundai Ionic fives for Kia EV sixes. I will let everyone know big news back on CarEdge.com. We now offer to buy a Hyundai vehicle on CarEdge.com. So if you're interested in purchasing a new Hyundai, let us know. Fill out our little form right here. If you're in the Northeast, we have free shipping to you. Pretty much anywhere north of Maryland, you're going to be able to get free shipping delivered to your door. Outside of that, there could be extra shipping charges. It is a bit expensive to move these vehicles, but Hyundais are now in um uh, available for purchase on caredge.com we obviously have the chevy Trax offer that ends at the end of the month ford f-150s with the uh, manufacturer's manufacturer that interest rate that you can buy on caredge.com we got more and more inventory coming online hyundai's a big one i think especially now that we can get even more aggressive and competitive pricing as inventory builds up
0: exactly very nicely done young man
1: thank you dad slowly but surely we're building something yeah. here yeah Okay, let's call it a show. We're gonna have uh, another show tomorrow, and then I think if you're up for it, Dad, let's do one on Saturday night as well. But for today, let's call it a show. Thank you okay. for the con- uh, conversation. Uh,
0: it, it, it's always a pleasure to see you. Um, uh, sometimes it's even a pleasure to piss you off, and I apologize for that up front and uh, and after the fact as well. And yes, I would love to do a Saturday night show. Um, there's no, there, there's no. Football Saturday night, so yes, let's do a live Saturday night show, and uh, we'll see you all back here tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, for those of you out on the West Coast.